A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. If you like being a little malicious once in a while, make sure to join in by hitting the like and subscribe buttons down below. Also, I've set up a channel membership, just in case you want to show your support and help keep storytime going for as long as possible. So if you love my videos or want to have your comments shown like this one by Phantasm, click the join button below this video. That said, our first story of the day is by egranto 3 Snow Shoveling Dramas. I'm reminded of a story that happened while I was living at home. You may enjoy it. This happened in the late 90s, early 2000s for reference. My dad owned a snowblower. During the wicked weather this side of the Rockies, he would use his blower to take care of the sidewalks in front of everyone on both sides of our block. Most of the families on my block were either seniors, those with small families, or younger couples that inherited their dead relatives' home. Everyone knew everyone, and they understood that my dad was doing this as a courtesy. He was in his 50s and just trying to be a good neighbor. So, my neighbors two doors down divorce and sell their house to a family from out of state. Fake name time. Picard sound good. I know they were from a snowy state, but I don't remember where. They moved in during the late summer, close to the start of the school year. A couple of months later, our state has a massive snowstorm. It would snow for nearly 24 hours for almost the entire winter. You would shovel and clear snow just to get another dump and you'd have to keep going and going. We had something like 350% of the average snowfall that month alone. So my dad's out there during the first big dump with a snowblower, just taking care of business as he's nice. And the third house down had an occupant that walked on arm crutches. He had just made a path from our house to theirs. No big deal, been taking care of this for a while now. He gets done and heads to work. He gets home late most nights, so he's not expecting anyone to be at the door as he walks in. Lo and behold, the Picards must have been watching out the window for him as they walk up on him as he opens the door. They say, hey, did you shovel our walk? He says, huh? They say, our walk, the one that runs in front of our house. He says, oh yeah, I did your sidewalk. They say, well, we're not paying you for the shoddy work you did. You sprayed our tree with snow. My dad is out of it after a 10 plus hour day, commute not included, so he's not getting what's happening. He says, I'm sorry? They say, you should be. That tree is too small to handle that much snow blown on it. You need to blow it somewhere else. As my dad was the one that religiously read city bylaws, he knew the time frame for removing snow and where you could put shoveled snow. The city doesn't allow you to blow snow into the street because it messes with the plow's ability to take care of the streets. But Mr. Picard insisted that he had to blow the snow elsewhere. Knowing what he knew, my dad directed the snow into the only other spot available, his driveway. A driveway that is almost 45 degrees down from the carport too, or so it seemed, wicked steep either way. So the next day, the neighbor comes by to complain again. He didn't know that a small snowfall can get cars stuck in the driveway, let alone what we had plus a snowblower. His car got stuck halfway in the street and he had to get it towed out. If my dad were home, he could have saved them the tow fee, but Picard didn't know that. So Picard is fuming and saying he's going to do his own walk from now on. My dad tries to tell him he's just assisting the neighbor on the other side. And he doesn't charge for being a good neighbor, etc. It's cold and my dad wants the door shut. But Picard doesn't want to step in and my dad doesn't have his shoes or coat. So Picard just says, 
I know what I'm doing. I'm a grown man. I can deal with a little fluff. The next day, my dad knocks on the neighbor's door and tries to tell Picard about how strict the city is about snow removal and how he has 24 hours from the start of snowfall to get things removed, etc. He wrote down a website where he can go to to read the rules, but Picard didn't take it. The city was constantly driving down our block for reasons I won't go into here. The Picards were doing a semi-sufficient job manually shoveling snow away properly, but then... October in my state has a big teacher's conference, and most families go out of town for a late camping or early hunting trip. So did the Picards. They're gone for four days during the worst snowstorm of the season. They hadn't arranged to have the walk shoveled, and the snow was piling so high, city inspectors came out. Parents and neighbors complained to the city that they couldn't walk down our street. It was obvious that the walks were being taken care of, so why not theirs? The city posted a 48-hour compliance notice, but it would be 72 before the Picards got back to town. The city charged them with hazardous conditions and failure to maintain property accessible to the public. On top of the labor fee to shovel the walk, it was like $350 easily. The city kept a watchful eye on the property for the rest of the winter for any issues from then on. Once the city has you on their radar, it's hard to be done with them. The cherry on top of the entire situation? There's a knock on the door in early November, same year. One of Picard's kids handed my sister an envelope and just walked away. We give it to my mom, and inside there's a note saying something like, this is for the shoveling you did already. There is a $100 bill inside. My family tried to return it, but they never answered the door. So we used it to take our large family out to our favorite buffet later that week. Thank you, Picards, for paying for a free service. We spent it well. If you had some neighbors that gave you the runaround for doing some free community work, and then at the very end they realize they actually want that work, and that you were right the whole time, and they silently slip you a $100 bill, would you take it, and would that be enough for you to go back to helping them? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by Sporting Gamer. Make me a coffee. Old military story from a friend of his says in the green, he, Andy, name changed for privacy, was a corporal in the British Army, posted to a base, doing his job as normal. In comes a warrant officer second class, equivalent to master sergeant in the US, and he is full of himself. You, make me a coffee, he barks at Andy. Shazam, you're a coffee, Andy waves his hands like a magician. Don't make me spell it out, corporal, go and get me a cup of coffee. Moments later, Andy returns with a cup filled to the brim with instant coffee granules. There should be hot water, milk, and sugar in this, says the warrant officer. Andy returns to the coffee station and boils the kettle. When he returns, the mug is now overflowing with thick brown sludge. A spoon is standing up in the mug. Jesus Christ, what the heck is this? I added hot water, milk, and sugar. There wasn't much room left in the mug. Andy remains straight-faced while the warrant officer fumes. This isn't over, he says as he walks into the captain's office. After the warrant officer left, the captain shared the story with Andy about how he wanted the worst possible job for Andy. After his deliberate mocking tone and reprehensible obtuse nature, the captain happily raised his voice for the office to hear. I simply said to him, did you tell Andy to make you a coffee? He replied yes so I asked him what the response was to that order. He told me you went, Shazam, you're a coffee. 
I told him that was the first clue that Andy here isn't a brew witch. Ask him nicely and you might get a better result. Always loved hearing this story. Some guy who's full of himself finally gets to a rank where they're like, finally I can boss people around. I can walk into a room, point at the first person I see and say, you, make me a coffee. They stroll in there, they do what they desired, and the person just goes, shazam, you're a coffee. Maybe they need to work a little bit more and get a little bit higher up on the totem pole before they go around bossing people around like that. Or, you know, maybe just treat people like human beings, ideally. Our next story is by Steve Bow 124 Don't scan the package, enter the number manually. Alrighty then. This was over a decade ago at a package shipping company. As a loader, I would scan a package and place it in the trailer so it could go to wherever it was going. Easy job. I'd pop my headphones in and easily meet the 300 packages per hour minimum they set. I was the second fastest loader in the building actually with a guy we'll call Rick, who worked on the other end of the facility being the first. So every couple years we get a new manager, this new manager comes in and right away just starts wanting numbers to improve. Any that weren't making their goal, he wants to make their goal ASAP. He was the type of manager who always found something wrong no matter how good we did. He was also the type of manager to use the word family, which I hate. We were a family supposedly, even though our reward system was abolished in favor of management meals prior to work. One thing he wanted to improve was the packages that were entered manually instead of scanning them. It made no sense. It was a number that had no impact on anything. But he wanted just one entered by each employee daily, and we complied. Every day I'd do my one, but one day we arrived and apparently there was a miscommunication between the employees about our start time. We arrived to a trashed area with packages everywhere. The supervisor looked horrified. You see, when you get backed up, it's hard to recover. And stopping the conveyor belt only makes it worse because you take a shot of packages again due to the unload not stopping. It makes for a rough, rough night. So I put on my scanner and directed the supervisor to follow me. I went in the last trailer on the belt and me and a coworker went straight beast mode and saved the night. Hardest night's work outside of the holidays, honestly. I clocked out after and went home. The next day I arrive and the manager pulls me to the side. I figure I'd get some appreciation for my efforts, maybe some recognition in the form of a cheap hat or something. Nope, he rips into me. Why didn't I key enter my one package? With all those packages yesterday I had the opportunity. He claimed I was being lazy and had the union rep around so he could give me a verbal warning. So with me saying it won't happen again, cue compliance. I key enter every package that night, did not scan one. At first, my supervisor thought it was funny, but when the area took a hit, I kept going. He asked me to stop and I said, no, I'm still doing my job. The manager came with the union rep outside my truck, but even entering the tracking numbers manually, I was over the 300 packages per hour required. They couldn't touch me, even though I normally do 200 plus more per hour. The night ended and my supervisor came to talk to me. He said that was impressive and gave me a cheap hat. I laughed and thanked him. I commented that I definitely got the most key entered packages that night. My supervisor looked at me and said, nope, you're second. Rick beat you by about 50. The same exact thing happened to him and I was still in second place, but I got my hat at least. 
I hope it was one of those fun hats that say like, fish fear me, women want me, or the very rare and dark but funny flip, fish want me, women fear me. That'd be a nice cheap little hat. In all seriousness though, why would they be so adamant on having such an antiquated process be done by everybody at least once? That seems like a pure OCD thing, like they want to see the funny number look higher. Just because they want to see the number higher than 5 per night because those 5 were with messed up barcodes or something just doesn't make any sense. And our final story of the day is by Drakey. I want you to always try before trying to figure out if it will work. Sure boss man. I'm still working at the same place and enjoying what I do, so my apologies that I'll keep things a little vague. Boss man has since left though, which is why I'm sharing now. Please be warned, the fallout is extremely small, but it was to me a small petty win that I look back on fondly. The setup, at my workplace, every employee has three sets of duties. The first set of basic duties is the same for each and everyone, which is a prescribed number of hours per day for which we're rostered, with the total number of hours per week ranging from 10 to 28 hours depending on whether you're middle management or an ordinary employee such as myself. The secondary and third set of duties are highly varied and are organized into various committees, which an employee can technically change between every year. Some involve heavier working hours or planning, whereas others involve more menial, simpler tasks. As you may imagine, rostering the prescribed hours for employees must be a heavy affair, and there must be a committee to oversee it. My second set of duties happen to fall under this committee and I help with rostering, which is mainly done on a highly specialized, and expensive too, software twice a year, with the committee managing substitutions whenever an employee is away on sick leave or other reasons throughout the year. Although it was my first job, I'd been personally trained for two years by my predecessor in the committee, who was due to retire. At the time of the malicious compliance, I'd been a valued member for three years who has made noted contributions towards the rostering processes. Now on to the malicious compliance. As usual, our story starts when a new boss came into our workplace, whom I shall call boss man going forward. There's usually two or three bosses of equal standing above our middle management. Now boss man fancied himself a people's person who would often listen to the grievances of ordinary employees and try to find ways to change things such that ordinary employee satisfaction could improve. Now this usually would be a good thing except that he would entertain unreasonable requests as well. This resulted in time wasted trying out untenable solutions or situations where work was shifted around such that it became unfair to other individuals. As you may expect, this usually caused new grievances and then work was shifted back to how it was originally allocated because that had been the most fair in the first place. We had to interact with boss man quite frequently as some grievances had to do with rostering. As Bossman had had some experience in said committee in the past elsewhere, he fancied himself an expert in what we were doing. We frequently found ourselves explaining to him why certain grievances were unreasonable and we couldn't accommodate the requests during rostering. Finally, it reached a point whereby he said something along the lines of, I want you to always try before trying to figure out if it will work. Now, we work five days a week. One of the instructions he had given us along with that ultimatum, was that one particular employee be described no more than 4 hours a day, with a total number of 26 prescribed hours every week. Those of you mathematically inclined will see where the problem is. 
26 divided by 5 is 5 hours daily with one left over. There was no way we could follow his instructions unless the employee came in every day of the week. But oh well, boss man wants what boss man wants. None of us said anything to boss man and proceeded to run the software, producing multiple failed rosters as the software could not produce a full roster for everyone. But man did we keep trying. The fallout. Eventually boss man came to check in on us and our progress as we were behind schedule, since the roster also had to be vetted by middle management and managers were wondering why Bossman had not given the go-ahead for any copies of the roster. The manager for our committee, who's really awesome and tactful, informed Bossman that no full roster had been produced, as we were still trying to get the software to ensure that particular employees did not have more than four hours rostered per day. Bossman asked why there was a problem with that, which is when the manager reminded him that he said employees had to fulfill 26 prescribed hours a week. Bossman was confused as to why we didn't bring this up earlier, as it was clear that this set of conditions isn't logically possible. The manager tactfully reminded Bossman that he had given us these conditions, along with the instruction to try first before trying to figure out if there were any problems with the conditions he had given us. To be fair to Bossman, He took it in his stride and approved the suggested changes we requested to the set of conditions he had given us on the spot. We delivered a satisfactory roster to him by the end of the same working day. For the remainder of the time he was with us, Bossman would actually listen if we proposed changes or protested to some of the unreasonable requests with regards to rostering without requiring us to waste time trying it out first. I think the good thing you can take away here is the boss man seems to mean well, albeit a little dysfunctional. I think it tells you all you need to know that OP was writing this story about maliciously complying with boss man, but OP sounding a little disappointed that boss man's no longer around. At least OP never said that it made their jobs any harder or made them hate working there at all. At least boss man wasn't afraid to try to change things up to make people happy. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.